Welcome to Movie of the Year. I'm Audrey. I'm Lindsay. This episode, we're talking about the movies of 2007. We used IMDb's top 100 films to choose from. And we'll be awarding superlatives like favorite movie, prestige pick, most traumatic, and so much more. We're pretty much the yearbook of movie podcasts. <laughs> we'll also share our movie crushes and some movie stories, and we invite you to send us yours. If you do, we just might read them on a future minisode. So stick around. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing really good because we had so much fun last night. So much fun. We went to the Historic Art Craft Theater in Franklin, Indiana. It was incredible. It made me feel like I was in, oh, what's that movie with Jim Carrey? The Hem Jesty? The Majestic. The Hem Jesty. <laughs> it really takes you back in time. And we got to meet up with an old friend of mine named Ryan. He and his family were lovely. They were such and a sweet. beautiful little family. And they got us tickets for free. And they took us up to the projection room after. And he said that they will come in and bid to sponsor. This is the coolest thing. They're slowly restoring They're it. Restoring it, yeah. Bringing it back to its Art Deco glory, basically. Refurbishing the original murals and things that it had, matching colors. And get this. People from the community are showing up. And individual sponsors will sponsor the actual movies of the week. We saw Temple of Doom last night, and it was oh, so amazing. I'd never seen it on the big Harrison screen. Ford on the big screen. <sighs> People finally appreciating Kate Capshaw. The entire audience was laughing mm -hmm. with her and at her appropriately. You know how I feel about her. I love her, and oh, I yes. feel that she is unjustly criticized for her screaming. I agree. If you were on that adventure, wouldn't you be mad at Harrison Ford and wouldn't you be screaming I all would the be time? screaming the entire time. She's like a regular person. They fell out of the sky <laughs> in a raft. I would scream all the way down. She too. had to eat bugs in twice. <laughs> <laughs> Lowered into a pit of lava. The audience participation was so much fun. They do this whole thing beforehand where the owner of the theater comes out and talks to everyone, and they do, like, a prize giveaway. It was amazing! They recognize the people that donate and that support the theater. And, and we all clapped for them? It was so, such a great movie-going experience. I feel like I might cry again right now. I just feel like that's the way that movies should be, and that's what they were intended for, is to be movie houses. We come together as a community and we react to something together. You know that scene in Return of the Jedi where C-3PO is telling all the Ewoks the story of their adventures? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm gonna cry. And they're all reacting and they're bonding and some of them are hugging. I'm just, I just feel like that's what it was like. It was magical. That's mm -hmm. the way movies should be. It is. It is. So that's what we did last night. <laughs> What'd you do? <laughs> we'll pause so you can answer in real time. <laughs> Where's your hand? In a new friend's hand. That's, That's where. where we didn't do any content. Oh yeah, where I was just I'm we're so high on life that we're like, let's just start talking about movies. <sighs> in two thousand seven, to give you a little bit of context, two thousand seven is the year the iPhone was released for the first time. Isn't that crazy? Cool. It's only been ten years. Neat. <laughs> Neat. That is kind of crazy because it's come such a long way in just ten years. It really has completely infiltrated world culture in a very short amount of time. I didn't need to say it in such an evil sound. <laughs> the top five songs going from five to one from the year 2007 were Buy You a Drink by T-Pain, <laughs> Big Girls Don't Cry by Fergie, Sweet Escape by Gwen Stefani, and uh-oh, I didn't write down his name, Akon. 
<laughs> Fun fact about Akon that I love to share. He was hired to do the music for a Bollywood film called Raw One that mm-hmm. I really, really love. And he did the song called Chamak Chalo that I really love. <laughs> so when I hear Akon, I don't think Sweet was hey, Chamak Chalo. Chamak Chalo. <laughs> Number two was Umbrella by Rihanna, or if you're Oprah, Rahana. <laughs> And number one is Irreplaceable by Beyonce. Did you, uh, any of those? Umbrella. Yeah. I recognize that one. I actually kind of enjoy that song. I think lots of people do. It's a good song. Rahana. Rahana. Oprah, please. I don't care what her name is. I'm Oprah. Just a little research. I'll call her Rahana if I want to. <laughs> Rihanna probably doesn't care. Would you like to hear the top five movies of 2007? I would love to. Now, these are the highest grossing movies according to... Uh oh, I also didn't write it down. But you know what? They didn't pay the sponsor, so. <laughs> so you don't get recognition. <laughs> From five to one, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. I do too. Is that the one where they fly through London at so. night? Mm-hmm. Boy, that's a that's a weeper of a scene. Boy. <laughs> so majestic. So hemjesty. Number four was Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. We'll be talking about that later. <laughs> Number They're three. In trouble. <laughs> they are in trouble. <laughs> Number three was Transformers. Do you remember a Transformerless world movie-wise? Not really. Doesn't it just feel like it moved into your brain and it's always been there? Especially since I have boys now, that's my entire life. Oh, yeah. Transformers is. It's everything. Shrek the third was number two. Ugh. Your face. It dropped. You made a I disgusted felt it disgusted face. I was like smiling and then not smiling. Tell me what you hate about. I don't like Shrek. Because he's gross? I don't think they're funny. I don't mind gross things. It just doesn't appeal to me, especially not the third one. I worked as a counselor for high school kids, and every week we had new kids. Mm -hmm. So every week we had to go see Shrek. (laughs) So I don't feel like I can say whether I really liked it or not, because please, no more Shrek. (laughs) (laughs) You can't give a fair opinion. Mm -mm. Would you like to know the most top ultimate <laughs> highest grossing film yes spider-man 3 uh, the jazz dance edition uh, don't even don't even get me started on spider-man 3 i think the thing for me is that 2 was so great mm-hmm. 2 was so sam raimi with doc ock they cast alfred molina and that scene in the operating room where the arms come to life it was so sam raimi and 3 was just like what happened what did they film a back-to-back because know. that would explain it Something happened. Spider-Man 3, something happened. (laughs) I just remember feeling physically ill when I watched it. Really? Yes. And you know what? It was a shame. And they tried to introduce Gwen Stacy, but it really fell flat. I just felt so loyal to MJ that it was like watching your parents date someone else after they get divorced. Mm -hmm. It was just like, I don't want to see that. After they get divorced and then turn evil and then tap dance. (laughs) As they so often do. (laughs) Guess what? What? I completely forgot to do movie setting. <laughs> Are you surprised? Something's happening to my brain lately. No, we were up late watching Murder, She Wrote after <laughs> an experience that emotionally exhausted us in a good way. I fell asleep literally right before the reveal. That's the second night in a row that's happened to you. <laughs> Wait, tell the story about what happened two nights ago. So two nights ago... We don't live together, FYI. We, like, visit so we can record podcasts. Right, right, right. But if we did. <laughs> this is what we would do. Murder, <laughs> she wrote every night. So we were watching it, 
and they had just killed off some guy. And it was the guy who played Tim Allen's younger brother oh, on yeah. Not Tool Time. The other one. And not Home Arrested. There it is. <laughs> and so <laughs> the way they did it was he was out swimming in the ocean and a guy shows up in a motorboat and we thought he was gonna like run over him with the boat yeah we're he like here it comes circles around him and starts throwing chum in the water like <laughs> lots of it and so immediately sharks swarm and you think he's getting eaten but then but it was like in that great 80s way where they're showing different stock footage oh, and yeah. the sharks are all different species and then there's like the prop fin that's like bobbing <laughs> unrealistically it was so great it also wasn't the actual guy it was clearly a but like a double oh like, yeah because it was the guy getting into the water and then all of a sudden from the back he was real muscular yeah, it was like flab and then muscles <laughs> and also different swim trunks yeah, and a different color of hair <laughs> So you, you think he's going to get eaten by sharks and then Jessica goes looking for him and she finds him in this barn or something and it turns around and reveals that he's still alive. Where we all go after it. Right, we all go to a barn on our bicycle. <laughs> bicycle. Um, and so it reveals that he's still alive and Audrey just sits up and she mumbles something <laughs> and turns it off. I am like... Almost no memory of this. I was invested. I was like, oh my god, he's still alive. What's happening? Is he hiding out? Click. <laughs> so I like sleep turned the TV off yeah. before you got to see. And then we went like Wikipedia-ing on the way home. It's called Death in Hawaii, I think. And yeah. we, we can't find the ending anywhere. Please, if you, if know, you know the, the ending, ending, please send it in. I need to know. Movieoftheyearpodcast at gmail.com. It's driving us crazy. Murder, she wrote. Death in Hawaii. What happened? <laughs> Moral of the story is, if your friend is watching Murder, she wrote, <laughs> and she's really invested in it. Don't sit up and turn it off. I think the moral of the story should be don't let a sleeping Audrey have access to any <laughs> remotes. It was amazing. I wish I could, like, know what I was trying to say. Immediately lays back. I wish I could have seen your face. You did. I was just laying in silence, staring at the ceiling. Like, How do I handle this? Shall we get started? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Audrey. Yeah. What was your favorite? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I really don't know what you're going to say. Yeah. What was your favorite movie of 2007? I really love Hot Fuzz. Oh, yay! I love it. I love Edgar Wright. And I love those three dudes together. And it's so <laughs> funny. And Simon Pegg is such a fun love actor him. to watch. He is. And Nick Frost, the unsung hero of that comedy duo. It's so satisfying. It makes so much sense that Edgar Wright went on to do Baby Driver because all of his movies are musicals mm -hmm. in a way. The thing that I really love about Edgar Wright movies is that he's just, we're making this exactly this mm -hmm. and we're not going to miss a single opportunity for a joke and it's going to be awesome and I don't care what anybody thinks. He's a great filmmaker. He truly is. Would you like to know mine? I would love to know yours. And this was really hard for me because I was trying to keep every category down to one movie and some of the movies fit more than one so as I've said before one of my criteria for my favorite movie tends to be one that I can watch over and over so I wrote Ocean's 13. What's your favorite part? I don't know my favorite part is when they all get together and do a little heist. <laughs> <laughs> every Ocean's movie, Lindsay. <laughs> I liked your little heist dance. Heist. <laughs> left, right, left, right. Good choice. It was hard. All right, what was your prestige pick? 
Zodiac. Me too. I just saw it a few weeks ago with you, and it was great. Incredible. It was a different movie than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And it was a film noir. Film noir, an analysis, I think, on the effects of becoming so deeply involved in something, how it can affect your life. Yeah. Like Robert Graysmith, who Jake Gyllenhaal plays, it, it basically... It ate his life. He became obsessed. He became obsessed with, even though he wasn't a detective, he was a cartoonist, it ruined his marriage. It yeah. put his family in danger. I mean, according to the film, I'm sure that Fincher took some liberties maybe with the story. It got Robert Downey Jr.'s character too. Oh, yeah. I didn't expect to be so enveloped by the story. I also find the time period charming. Mm-hmm. And I also thought it had a lot to say almost by accident about journalism and the way it used to work versus like how it works now. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that always got me was that was a real thing that happened. Yep, that happened. And they never caught the guy. Well, they thought they did. But well, you know what? The movie has me convinced that they, they, they do did. know who it was. Mm-hmm. Terrifying and interesting and societal decay. When one person becomes crazy look at the way that it touches the whole community mm-hmm. not just en masse with panic but like like you're saying the individuals involved it was a timely movie to watch because i think we watched it the weekend they caught the golden state killer we did by accident by accident right before how's that for timing yeah like you said it's amazing how it affects people on a communal level but individually too because i can't even imagine living that kind of terror he attacked couples and he attacked that woman with her baby. That was the most frightening oh. scene. I have never, uh, for a minute, I was really mad at you when we were watching that. And you kept looking at me like, just wait, it's going to be <laughs> worth it. And it was, it really was. I trust you. <laughs> That's a great pick. Since we watched it, I think it might be my favorite Fincher movie. I think so too. I think it's his best work. What was your best song? I like the usage of goody two-shoes and hot fuzz. That's a great song. But I have nothing else to say about it. That's okay. It's weird, though. Sometimes you can just like a song because you like it. Mine was Taper Jean Girl, Kings of Leon, from the movie Disturbia. They're one of my favorite bands. What was your favorite poster? I chose Darjeeling Limited Mm -hmm. because it's beautiful, but I hate that movie. I don't like it either. Controversy. I wrote it down because of that. Controversy. It was the first Wes Anderson movie where I felt like the characters were not sympathetic in the slightest. At all. And not only were they not sympathetic, I felt they were abusive to the people around them when they were traveling through India and that they were just kind of users. And I'm usually so enamored and enchanted in another E word with <laughs> Wes Anderson enthralled. movies. Enthralled. Me too. By Wes Anderson films. But I... I didn't like it. I thought it was boring. And like you said, I, I didn't Dis- disappointing care something. about the characters at all. That disappointed me so much because India is such a beautiful place to mm-hmm. set a story and to film for so many different reasons. And trains are cool and Angelica Houston again. And, mm-hmm. and it's it, it had all the right ingredients, but something it. was just off. But it was a uh, nice poster, I guess. <laughs> I like the poster. I always like the color choices and the, you know, so. symmetry and layout. <laughs> Mine was Zodiac. <laughs> What's the poster look like? 
for Zodiac. The background is the outline of San Francisco, and then it looks like two cuts with blood running down. So it looks like eyes, closed eyes, weeping. It's very moody. What was your most traumatic movie? The Mist. Is the okay? I always get confused. Is the ending of the movie different than the book? Yes. Okay. I typically like it when there are changes made from book to movie because mm-hmm. they're different mediums right. and they call for different choices. But the ending was so pointless. Mm-hmm. It rendered the story inert. Mm-hmm. It was like, why? then why did we watch all of that? Because if he had gotten, spoiler alert, if he had gotten his son and this woman and a couple of elderly people out safely, then it all would have been worth it. Mm-hmm. I cannot abide that ending. Even with a movie that has an ambiguous ending, you feel like you gain something. Like, at least you can make your own interpretation. But yeah, and you like, get to, like, talk to people about yeah. why they think it went one way or the other. But when you kill off literally every character, and what's the point? And a child. That's just... An uh, elderly. It's just... Kills his own child. It's enough. And, and the thing is, his performance is astounding. And I love that movie, too. I, I like that it pays homage to Drew Struzan. I like that it's set in Maine. I like Thomas Jane. I like the whole cast. Half of them ended up on The Walking Dead. Like, mm-hmm. it's a good movie. It's a great movie. The ending just makes me mad. Yeah. And it's traumatic for other reasons. It's very, very shockingly violent. And mm-hmm. I kind of wish I could unsee it. Really? Even though it's a good movie. I don't like seeing Andre Brower hurt. I'll just say that. Me neither. Nobody, nobody hurts Andre Brower in my town. <laughs> How about you? Mine was Funny Games. It is so disturbing. It's based... It's, I read the spoiler, so I kind of yeah. know what happens, but I feel like it's one of those movies you can't really understand unless you've seen. From what I, I remember, the director did a version not very many years before, and so then he did like an American version with... Do you think something was lost in translation? No, it's essentially the same movie. It's just... I don't know if they did it to appeal to wider audiences because of the star power behind it with Naomi Watts, but it's so twisted. It's just, it's torture. You know what? This was a disturbing year in movies. It is. Like when I was going down the list, I was like, I didn't see so many of these because I didn't want to be traumatized. I was thinking the same thing, or I was thinking, I've seen so many of these and a lot of them are very disturbing. It was a dark year. Yeah, it's very... It's just, it's very twisted. They basically torture this family. I just don't they kill see. their they kill their son. Don't they talk? To, is there something where they talk to the camera? Mm-hmm. Or yeah, like, there's a lot of breaking the fourth wall. I have a hard time with stuff like that because that stuff happens, and it's just not fun for me. It's why I have a hard time going to haunted houses, and they're like, "Look, I saw the lady in half," and I'm like, "That happens!" Like, and we're like, "Yay, cheer for it, pay money for it!" Like, and I understand the idea of a catharsis, and I probably shouldn't be commenting on it because I didn't see the movie. So mm-hmm. I'm sure the director was probably making a point about mm-hmm. the disturbing nature of life. Like, I just I can't go there. Mm-hmm. It's okay, but sometimes I can. I don't know. You pick and choose. Yeah. I can watch The Mist, but I'm like, no, I won't watch funny games. Like, Well, it's very, like, The Mist is more fantastical and funny games. It's just about a family. It's about home invasion. Ugh, no thank you. So. It's the thing I fear constantly. I think sometimes if you feel like you can put yourself in the place of the victims in the film, it's far more disturbing than if they're getting chased around by monsters or yeah. whatever. Yeah. It's, it's too real. 
was your guilty pleasure? <laughs> Segway. I'm really excited because I feel like this year I finally have a guilty pleasure that counts. Okay. It was fantastic for the rise of the Silver Surfer. Yes, that counts. I love, <laughs> I love Noren Rad and I love the performance and I think they really pulled that character off and I like the Fantastic Four movies. I think they're fun and goofy and I remember that movie kicking off our summer that year and being so excited. How what about was, you? What was the name of the director? Oh, was, was it Tim Story? No, I'm sorry. What was that name you said? You love who? Rad? Oh, the character. The Silver Surfer's name is Norrin Rad. Oh, I didn't know. Delightful. <laughs> He's the Herald of Galactus. <laughs> <laughs> A matter of fact, a book made of human flesh written in blood. <laughs> Callback. Um, mine was Disturbia. Oh, I've never I, seen it. it. I really, really like that movie. It's, it's like Rear Window, but for teens, exactly. right? Exactly. It's geared towards teens, but it's a fun movie to watch. You know what? I love Shia Shield about that. I do too. That kid. My friend Joe Moody and I used to watch Even Stevens unironically. And mm-hmm. we would, like, if somebody would walk through the room, we'd be like, look at this kid. He's, like, from Vaudeville. He's so naturally talented. He's a talented kid. He had a rough life. So I don't, yes. I'm not surprised by some of the things that he's been through. I'm not either. And I reinforce him, like, asserting his boundaries however he pleases. People do things for reasons. Mm-hmm. We don't become seemingly perceived as being erratic for no reason. Mm-hmm. So I unconditionally support Shia Sheila Balfour. Me too. What was your most influential movie of 2007? Juno. Yes. The introduction of the incredible Diablo Cody. Mm-hmm. I think that was Jason Reitman. It was. It was our first collaboration. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know the dialogue in that movie has worn on people over time, but I just thought it's a beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very populist and, I love the cast. The cast is great. It's one of those movies where all things come together perfectly. A great script, a great director, an excellent soundtrack. It's just heartwarming. The end is so surprising and moving. And mm-hmm. I think it's like a, a neo-populist movie in the sense that like if you go back to the 30s or 40s, they wouldn't have even made a movie about this. No. But those types of situations have been happening since the dawn of whenever, Mm -hmm. I like a populist movie that also lives in what I would call reality. The real world, yeah. Even like the way their home was furnished and the way that the sets were dressed and it was just beautiful. What was your most influential? Waitress. Ooh, there it is. Waitress. Waitress. Talk about it. Um, so, uh, when I first saw it, I, afterward, I looked up the trivia as I tend to do and all the information and I found that it was written by Adrienne Shelley and then I started to look into her life. And it's so, as you know, she was murdered by an obsessed person. Just, she inspired me. That story resonates with me so much because it's about a woman who feels uh, out of place and unhappy and where she is in her life and who hasn't felt that at some time in their life. And she's resentful of the pregnancy but in the end she finds out that what she has inside of her is all that she needs and i love it also it has pie <laughs> well summarized <laughs> i remember when you showed me that movie you were like just give it all the way till the end mm-hmm. 
And it was super worth it. <laughs> it reminded me of The Full Monty or Billy Elliot, where it's it's a difficult movie to watch in a lot of ways, but it's all worth it in the end. Mm-hmm. And they made it into a musical. I, with your one of your favorite, favorite musicians. musicians. I can't I I would love to see that someday. What was your confession movie? I had a bunch. I didn't see No Country for Old Men, Super Bad, Into the Wild, There Will Be Blood, 310 to Yuma. I had to stop writing. <laughs> I confess many things. <laughs> How about you? Mine was Hot Fuzz. <gasps> I've never actually seen it. I'm putting a star next to that. I've also not seen No Country for Old Men. I love westerns, and this was a huge year for westerns, and I haven't seen any of them. I like 310 to Yuma. I think you should watch it. Put Me a star too. Next to it. Okay. Right now. Okay. <laughs> Wait, I wanted to say something that I forgot about the most influential category. I might have said this in the last podcast, but we should go back and make a list out of everything we've ever said was our most influential because I bet we'd see a pattern Mm -hmm. about what kind of movies we want to make. That's a good idea. You didn't say that last time, but I like that. It just occurred to me because we both picked movies where we're like, oh, that's the kind of movie I'd like to make. And then I think Jay kicked that trend of thought off when Mm -hmm. he was like, oh, I would have liked to have written Mean Girls. I'm really curious about what your worst movie of 2007 was. Spider-Man 3. Ooh, good choice. As I said, it made me physically ill. Where? When? All of it. Especially the the weird, creepy dancing. I don't even know what was happening. It's just so strange. It was... It's like usually if something goes wrong, you're like, oh, I can see what they were trying to do, but I have no idea what they were trying for. I don't either. It was just a jumbly mess. And I hate to pile onto that movie. But I'm gonna. Because I feel like, all right, you know, it's gotten what it deserves. And we're all like, yep, that was bad. But but what happened? I don't know. What was yours? Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Put your pen down. Put your pen down and talk about it. So I want to say that I don't think it was anybody's fault who was involved production-wise. Because they forced Gore Verbinski to shoot two and three back to back like they did Back to the Future. Because they were like, all the stars are so popular, we'll never get them back again. So we're going to have to make one giant movie. Mm -hmm. I think the whole story of the Pirates franchise can be seen in the special features. Special features for the first movie are everybody is giddy and energized, and they're like, we're having so much fun, we can't believe we get to do this. The second one is all about the behemoth that was the behind the scenes and how hard everything was. And I think that's telling. And it's because near the end of the second one, the documentary just tapers off to the sad, ominous ending. The people I feel the most sorry for are the writers, Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio, because they're a great writing team. The work they did on one and two when they actually had enough time to write Mm -hmm. was great. And the conclusion movie, the third one was so dark and so miserable and so unfun and the fact that they killed Orlando Bloom's character, the whole series had been about Why those two trying to get a great question. What I think happened was, I think they kept shooting working drafts. And then the more working drafts they shot, the more they couldn't go back and reshoot because they were running out of time and they were over budget and all this other stuff. I think they just got stuck time-wise mm-hmm. because writing takes time. Mm-hmm. You have to draft and redraft and redraft and redraft. Like John Hughes, people are always like, oh, he'd write a script in a weekend. Yeah, but he redrafted it 37 times. Right. It has to be revisited. And they just ran out of time. And it's a shame because I really feel like that was an industry-shifting franchise. Mm-hmm. 
really loved it and I was really disappointed. And I kind of have been ever since. Yeah. The last one was the closest to restoring the original glory. And I know that that's like an unfair standard. You can never go back to the way the world was when something first came out and how much joy it brought you and what age you were when you saw it and where you were in life. Like, so I know that I'm being unfair, but I just felt like it's the executive's fault. Disney rushed them and I just feel bad for everyone. Well, I think too, especially with a franchise, you expect it to, to keep some of that same what's the word? Like tone. Yeah. Like, the tone. They totally the, changed tone. The fun, the, you expect it to make you still feel a, in a, a similar way than, than the first one does. The thing that I did like about it was they went to this kind of weird experimental place with the ship going upside down and them having to go into Davy Jones. Right. Like that was interesting, but I think movies and franchises get out of control when you lose the reality. It's like the old joke where like Michael Scott is talking about what happened to the Die Hard franchise in that office episode. But it's true. Like when the movies become toy commercials, they lose it. Like in the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, yes, there's skeletal pirates, but the water is real and the ships are real and everybody is hot and sweaty and it's actually happening. Mm -hmm. And by the third one, everything was so CG that it was like, what's the point? Mm -hmm. I feel nothing dead inside. I should stop talking. <laughs> How, what was your worst? Spider-Man 3. Oh, yes. <laughs> that happens all. I get so lost and I'm like, have I been talking for three hours? Like, no, you haven't. I fell into the Twilight Zone talking about that movie. <laughs> well, you did warn beforehand. I did. That's true. You did. I prefaced. What was the movie that you can't believe didn't make your list? Waitress. Yep. It's great. Mine were Harry Potter and Juno. I also wrote the word story, but I don't know why. Probably because of your movie story. Oh. <laughs> I wrote it in the wrong place. Did you have a movie story? I'll have to think about it because I somehow accidentally skipped the category. What did you have? What was yours? Um, so this was the year Paranormal Activity came out. Mm-hmm. And Jake and I went to see it with our friend Josh in Indianapolis. And it was like a Friday night and we saw it in a theater full of teenagers. <laughs> and it was so much fun. <laughs> I love a reactionary audience. Oh, yeah. And they were like, ah. It's the best kind. And I, I'm so scared of scary movies that it was therapeutic for me to see it with other people who were scared. <laughs> as scared as I was. <laughs> At least you're all in the same boat. Yes. We all have to make it through together. Oh. That's also a movie I wish I could unsee. Really? Yep. It really bothered you? Yep. I don't like that, like, religious stuff, demonic stuff. That's a no-go for me from this point forward in my life. They've made so many of them since then, too. I know. I recognize what it did, but it's very scary. <laughs> Just the whole point. It'd probably be like, good, we're glad we scared you so much good. if you'd never seen it. Why did you go if you didn't <laughs> want to be scared? <laughs> I came here to be romanced. <laughs> I feel nothing like how I expected to feel. I wanted to laugh all the way to the car. I remember I saw, um, I just, it's just like a happy little anecdote that I saw Transformers at the drive-in with my family. And it was just really fun. Which drive-in? Um, it's, it's called the Claremont drive-in. I don't even know if it's still there anymore. It's, you know, out kind of in the middle of nowhere, but. It's just, I always love going to the drive-in. It's it's such a fun experience because just the, I don't know. That's just a really happy memory I had from my childhood and the fact that we continue to do it. What are you laughing at? I'm not laughing. I'm so sorry. 
The drive-in was ruined for me at, like, the age of seven, but I don't want to say why on the podcast because okay. it's so disgusting. Will you tell me later? I will tell you later. Can I tell you a related funny story? Please. About a drive-in? Yes, always. So, okay, so, yeah, anyway, so Transformers, that was my movie story. We saw it at the drive-in. Oh, it was really fun. Um, <laughs> the Michael Bay singers. <laughs> uh, when my grandmother was, I don't know how old she was. She was probably, like, in her... 30s or something she decided to go see a scary movie i don't know which one at the drive-in she was sitting she usually would like pop a big like grocery paper bag of popcorn and take it that's what my mom said um so i'm assuming she did that too but she went by herself to go see a movie and she was sitting there like scared to death and all of a sudden someone walks up to her car and starts jiggling the handle and she was she did not mess around. She lived alone for a long time, so she she had a gun mm-hmm. and she carried one in her car and she grabbed her gun off the passenger seat, pointed it at the guy's face and go and said, "What do you want?" <laughs> and it turns out he he was like, "Lady! Lady! Peace fan. I'm at the wrong car. I just tried to get in the wrong car." So but you know what? We'll never know if that's true. We won't. She might have protected herself. She might have, but she almost blew off a guy's head at the drive-in. <laughs> Grandma Grace was basically Annie Oakley. She was. Truly. She wasn't afraid of anything. No, she really wasn't. Ever. She was always at ease, and that's probably why. Mm-hmm. She was like, eh. She was like, I've lived through it. It's fine. <laughs> I can handle this. A billion wars. <laughs> living alone. The Great Depression. Yeah, it's fine. I got this. <laughs> Oh, I miss her. I do too. That's probably my favorite movie story of all time. That's a good and I wasn't one. even there. It's such a good one, though. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing her like she's dirty, hairy, and it's this huge, long gun. <laughs> uh, good story. Yeah, it was good. Who did you have a movie crush? I wrote none, but I've if I had to. Say my crush, I think I'd be embarrassed. Why? I think it might be Nathan Fillion from Waitress, but he's that, not a good character. I wrote that. Really? Yeah. He's so good looking. And he loves a pregnant woman. Mm-hmm. Come on. Mm-hmm. But at the same time. What? I'm realizing who it really is. Who? Jack Davenport from Pirates of the Caribbean. Again. That world then. Jack Davenport. I he didn't... also got a horrific ending that he did not deserve. Let's punish a beloved character in a really horrible, not fun way because we forgot what freaking genre we are. Nobody puts Jack Davenport in a corner. <laughs> or Andre Brower. Yeah, don't touch either of those men. They're good men. <laughs> News came out today that. <laughs> no. Stalker Andre. Oh, mine was going to be about something horrible about Jack Davenport. Oh. <laughs> the joke is my bad judgment, you see, but I don't want to believe. No. Cut all that out. <laughs> My eyes just went wide. My, I also wrote Nathan Fillion, even though he's not, like, the greatest character. But I also put all three of the men from Zodiac. Oh, man. That's, I mean. Wait, three? Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal, Robert Downey Jr., Mark Ruffalo. Oh, yeah. That's, like, the triumvirate. <laughs> The Lindsay Three! <laughs> the Lindsay Three. You like quality actors. I do. 
what movie were we watching yesterday? And we were like, it's all of the people from the Avengers. Oh, it's Hang embarrassing. On. Yeah, we probably shouldn't no. say it on the now podcast. Now we have to. We can't tease. We watched What's Your Number. Oh, embarrassing. It is there embarrassing. So many people from the Avengers. Star-Lord, Captain America. Martin Freeman. I forget <laughs> what character he plays. I also forget. <laughs> and not Hawkeye. Why do I always do that? We go I. Wings McGillicuddy. <laughs> We're movie fans, you see. We just don't know characters. Why am I blanking? Falcon. There it is. Got it. I mean, it just kept going. It was like reveal after reveal after reveal. Sometimes you just want to kick back and watch a stupid movie. That's funny. They're relaxing. As people who are very stressed out very easily and with the state of what? the world. What? No, I'm not. <laughs> you take that back. It upsets me. <laughs> Did you have any other movies you wrote down that you wanted to discuss? Sure. This was the year of Ratatouille. Mm-hmm. Love it. I saw it one time, but I really liked it. Stardust was this year. I like that movie. I like the book a lot more than the movie, but it, you know. I didn't read the book. Still delightful. It's really good. Um, Knocked Up was this year. I liked that. Mm -hmm. Enchanted. Can I say something about Knocked Up? Yes. I don't like Katherine Heigl. Tell me why. I think she comes across as very wooden. I don't. I don't feel anything when I watch her, even though that's a great role, a great script. Well, do you know all the drama about that movie afterward? Uh-uh. She like came out against that movie and, and said that she hated playing that character and she thought that character was a harpy. So there's probably a reason why you felt she was wooden. I think she didn't like what she was doing. Yeah, I guess so. I feel that way about her in everything. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right. I like to listen to the Enchanted soundtrack with, the Jason Siegel's Muppet movie soundtrack. Oh, that's a good pair. Yeah, they work well together. They do. Um, Meet the Robinsons was this year. I love Meet the Robinsons. I've never seen it, but I wrote it down for one reason. Oh. I've got a big head and little arms. Has permeated the culture. It has. I hear it everywhere, all the time. It is the funniest, silliest, kookiest. My, my, me and my kids watch it all the time. It's so funny. Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck is in it? Cameo, quotation mark, cameo. My quotation mark. Well, you'll have to see. Ooh, I, I would have watched it years ago if I had known Tom Selleck. I'll let you borrow it. it. It's so much fun. It's awesome. It's so different than like all the typical Disney movies. I love it. I can't wait. Yeah. A little bit of little arms. 1408 was this year. Absolutely terrifying movie. Stephen King. Oh. John Cusack. Mm-hmm. Samuel L. Jackson. Like a, a, a hotel room? Yeah. Movie? Okay. Really yeah. creeps me out. Death at a Funeral, which was a remake of a British movie, and it was directed mm-hmm. by Frank Oz, and I was like, it's going to be so amazing, it's all good things, and I hated it. Mm-hmm. It's disappointing. He's hit and miss. I love him yep. usually. As all artists are, I suppose. Sure, but there's a couple. And then the final one I wrote down was called The Orphanage, which is um, good and sad. How about you? I wrote... Oh, Into the Wild. So you said you hadn't seen that. Nope. It is heartbreaking. That's why. Yeah. Everybody says that. They're like, it's going to rip your guts out. you got to see it. Do you it. know about Christopher McCandless? Yes. I, w- I always wonder, like, if he... I mean, you shouldn't do that, though. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. Don't do that. I, I wonder if he, like, kind of lost his mind a little bit. Like That's they... the big question in the movie and the book, right? Yeah, they say he starved, but why? Um, August Rush, which I love. Um, it's about, and that's not October Sky. No. 
month, and then a word. Yeah. <laughs> My brain can't differentiate things. No, that's the one about, it's like magical realism about the boy who's like musically gifted, and he's trying to find his parents. And Charlie Wilson's War, which I hated the first time, and I actually enjoyed the second time. Good list. Thanks. I was going to say something really controversial, but I better not. I want to hear it anyway, and we can cut it out if we have to. I don't like Julia Roberts in this era of her career, and I think it started with Charlie Wilson's War. Like right now? Like Charlie Wilson's War, Eat, Pray, Love, Mm -hmm. that one about the sad family having dinner in the summer. (laughs) Something county. Another month movie. Yeah, yeah. August, August Osage, Osage County. County. I did, I Where just, Benedict Cumberbatch is in love with his cousin. Oh, I didn't even bother. I was like, no more. All right. Like, <laughs> the sad family. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I didn't see it. So according to the preview, that's what it's about. It's like the house doesn't have air conditioning or something. I don't know. Am I making that up? I don't know. They just seem <laughs> like they've recently been to a state fair and they're tired. <laughs> They've Let's spent too much dinner together. <laughs> oh, I don't want any more dysfunctional family dramas. I didn't know that's wrong, but it's not it's wrong. It's not wrong. It's not wrong to dislike an era of an artist's no. career. I'm allowed to say that, right? I have to stop thinking the celebrities are going to hear this. They're never going to hear it's, this. It's not even wrong to Heart not cut. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I don't even think it's wrong, defending myself here, to not care for a particular actor or actress. That's okay, right? Yeah. Not everybody likes me. Well, I <laughs> boy, is that true? People hate us. Like, I saw um, Mystic Pizza was on TV this week, and I love that movie, but I don't like her in it, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. I feel like this might be a movie therapy. I think mm-hmm. we might need to dig in on this. Here it comes. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's because she chooses flawed characters, which is a good thing. Like, I love my best friend's wedding, but she's terrible. In that oh, movie. she's horrible. Now mm-hmm. it's the fan club. I'm afraid is going to be mad at me. Then what? <sighs> like third cousins of hers that she's like done nice things for. Like she maybe like set up trust funds for their kids. And they're like, how dare you? She set up trust funds for my children. She got us a pool. How could you? <laughs> you don't know her life. Well, that's a good place to end. I think so. Now that I've isolated many, many people with my (laughs) controversial opinion. Be sure to check us out on movieoftheyearpodcast.com. Thank you for continuing to listen as we find our groove. And we want you to know that this podcast is a natural byproduct of our friendship. We talk about this stuff anyway. It's who we are. It's what we do. We really appreciate you. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. One more thing. Yes. We have season two figured out. We have mentioned it on previous podcasts that there was plenty of places to go. And at one point we were thinking about going genre by genre. But Lindsay, the brilliant Lindsay, came up with what our season two is going to be. Do you want to say it? Sure. Um, So IMDb is based on, not on... uh, Merit. Merit. It's not a meritocracy. It's it's a popularity contest, basically. It's It's votes. So we're going to go beyond the top 100 onto the next... 100. Yeah, we're going to go from 100 to 200. And talk about those. So that's another, uh uh-oh, math panic, (laughs) however many episodes. (laughs) So that's going to be our season two. And then we might go genre by genre after that. But there's, for those of you who are worried, for the 12 of you who are worried that you're about to run out of runway, (laughs) you're not. (laughs) 
We've got plenty of runway to land this plane. <laughs> oh, Speaking this of landing fun. this plane, I think we should, I think it's time to go. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. We're done. We swear. We'll we appreciate you. We'll see you, you in 2008. Bye.